are listening to WPOE, the worst place on earth. Ooh, wait, no, sorry. From Click Orlando Local News, Florida man accused of trying to steal horses, riding them home. Have you ever seen uh, The Unforgiven? I love that goddamn movie. My daddy, he loved it too. Well, then again, of course he did. It's a unlikely cowboy story. Change the genre. Clint's, you know, he's out of the life of gunslinging. He's retired, living in peace on his farm. Then this uh, prostitute gets roughed up by some cowboys, real bad. And a, a reward is posted. And William Money, well, that, that's his name in this picture. He knows what he's got to do. He decides to go on one last stunt before it's over. As you can imagine, nothing goes as planned. Sheriff don't like it, along with another group of gunslingers that want things their way. But he's a free agent, free to do as he pleases, drawn into an invisible war, ripped from his peace, doing what he thinks is right. (laughs) We used to have this wood carving in the garage, oblong shape that read the word freedom. Now, when Daddy died in combat, I wondered what it was for. Thought about taking it down. No, he wouldn't have liked that. But I kept it up, along with his rifles, his uh, framed battalion patches, and his muskrat. <laughs> he had a good sense of humor, too. Had a collection of ashtrays, you know, old Florida style. One said, watch your butts, you know, with two T's. And uh, had a lady, naked, suntanning face down in the sand. <laughs> the whole thing was porcelain. Somebody hand-wrote the note in calligraphy with a couple of palm trees swaying in the wind beside the letters. Someone took the time to do that. Probably worth something now, though I'd never sell it. The whole house smelled like cigarettes. Eerie, really, even after he died. The man left his goddamn scent all over the house. I tried everything. I tell you, looked it up on Google. All the advice was conflicting each other. I'd have to rip that place to shreds to get that smell out. And I didn't feel like giving away any of it, really. Makes it feel like I'm not living alone. Like, he's just going to come out one day all grumpy and ask me why I burned the pancakes. Bastard. I miss him. If it wasn't for him, wouldn't have no money, no place to stay. So, I'm grateful. We have these neighbors. Had them for years. Lots of acres on their lot. Big moat the guy put in. I I swear, we've got gators in there now. That's how big the place is. Never let my dog out there. You know, she's big, but you never know. I've seen those videos online, the people who leave their pets next to a canal. Next thing you know, you see little Sparky floating under the water in the gator's jaws. Neckerchief still on and all. These people, they're a little flashy, that's all I'm saying. They didn't have to add a moat. They didn't have to erect a barn. They didn't have to buy 12 horses. 12 horses! Now, they have acres, but 
Not enough for 12 horses. Daddy and I, we moved from the big plains. We've seen what it takes. These young money Florida types not paying their taxes and who knows what else they're up to. These people, they let those horses sit inside for days. And these uh, are beautiful creatures. If you've ever been to the track, you've seen what they can do. I mean, I'm just assuming you haven't seen wild horses lately. Kind of rare to come by. These horses, they bought their stallions and fillies of the best caliber. Sitting in a shed. Not getting any workouts. It's a goddamn shame. Total waste, if you ask me. Daddy and I used to go to the track. Hang out with the real OTB guys. Not in the stands. Gets boring and stuffy up there. Too much distance. We'd go up to the gate, watch them walk out of the paddock. We'd be in the dirt with all the other degenerates. <laughs> Hell, we'd even hang out with the crazies barking at the TVs. You know who I'm talking about. The real addicts, the ones who grip their daily racing form in their blood-red hands and scream through their cigarettes at the screen, because if that horse was anything like the buyer's speed listed, it would have showed up today. If only it could have held on. That rabbit of a horse fucked it all up. He bumped him. Number five. Number five. Come on. Number five. <laughs> Old Chinese guys, black guys, Haitians, Puerto Ricans, they're all looking for their piece of the pie. Meanwhile, the owners, clipping their toenails up there in the powder room, ordering shrimp cocktail, flattering each other's clothes, barely seeing a dent in their purse. Whereas for these men, handing over a shaken $5 bill to reach the minimum bet on a long shot, small win could mean absolutely everything. Small win could mean paying for a doctor's visit, toy for your granddaughter. A weekend in Hollywood Beach at the Motel 6. I've had enough of these people who think they can run this country and don't know what to do with themselves. I think it's time we start to ask questions about who's running the house. As far as I know, we're all sitting in the slop with each other, waiting for our numbers to come up. You've just got to know how to wager your bets. Now, it was in the middle of the night, and I was drunk, and I was alone. Came home from the track. I just stopped betting while I was up. I was only up $25, but let me tell you, that's a lot better than most can say. Most don't know when to stop when the getting's good. but I can always tell when things start to sour, and sour they did. The day closed with the most depressing Philly run I've ever seen. I mean, they had to put down a girl right there on the track. She fell, she broke her leg in the final stretch. Hot dog race, her maiden, and her last. They forgot to pull the curtain all the way around, so we all saw her back leg and haunches fall as they put her to sleep. Just really bad way to end a day. Plus, started to rain, I swear. The weather will tell you when things just ain't right. I went to the bar, naturally. Left when the rain stopped, or, you know, so I told myself. That meant close in time. Started ambling through the dark, wet grass, frog mating season. <laughs> Nothing will make you more annoyed at how single you are than hearing a league of horny frogs humping each other. Can't even keep it to themselves. Whole neighborhood got to hear them rubbing up against each other. Little, little fuckers. Good for you. <laughs> I sideways in my way through the trees when I realized I was on their lot, not mine, the horse people. And then I had this uh, idea. 
you know, clear as, as crystal. Wouldn't they just love midnight ride? You know, probably their first. What could be the harm in that? I cracked the door open to the barn. All their stables had tacky little Pier 1 imports looking nameplates on them with horrible names like Raleigh and Ashley and Megan. Who names a horse like their name and a middle child? Six on each side, color-coded in antiseptic light. They had money, I'll give them that. They just didn't know how to use it. High metal beams that reached up to the ceiling, fake gas lanterns. <laughs> Lovely holding place for a horse who would never train. The first one I saw was Electric Summons. That's the name I thought she'd have, just upon looking at her. She was white like a flash, gray flecks all over her back. Mane was long and gray, you know, like an old wizard. Eyes were yellow-brown. Sweet semen, but, 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 but wise. She was calling for me. I let her smell me, pet her a bit. Neither of us were scared. I got her bridled up pretty easy. Brushed her a little. Didn't seem like they were monitoring her general maintenance for such a gorgeous horse. You know, once she was comfortable, I opened the gate and I let her out. There's nothing like that feeling when an animal of that size and that intelligence allows you to get on top of them and ride. It takes trust. It takes respect. And it's important to build that relationship from the jump, or you'll never have one. So you know, we danced a bit, staring at each other, her tail whipping occasionally as she thought about the decision. My hands out and low. My stance just calm but firm. And with one big jump, she let me on. I don't know if it was the liquid courage or, or what, but, but I got on. We rode out into the dark. I felt her massive heart beating through my clothes. And I was sweating, but the cool air calmed me down. Held on to her reins at first, but then I just settled down, leaned into her, holding her crest. And we were one moving being lightning through the air. All I could hear was her breath and, and mine, my pulse raging through my ears. She knew exactly where to go, the moonlight guiding her through the pines and the oak trees. It looked like um, giant fingers stretching toward the dark. The smell of wet earth and, and, and the rain. This god on earth wrenched me through the green. And then we reached the parameter gate, and she halted very suddenly, panting for breath. We stood there in a haze of her own stopped momentum, our breath hanging in the cool, humid air, in the quiet, synchronized by a deep yearning. And I knew what had to happen next. I took her back to the stables, and I opened up all the other doors. No more of this nonsense. I named them all before we left. You'd have to have been there to see how right I was, but here's the lot. Apart from my electric summons, there was Ghost Dog, Hannah's Choice, it's my mother's name, Raven Song, Crispy, Mountain's Path, Last Delilah, that's my unforgiven reference, Sudden Empire, Tabernacle, Heavyweight Shirley, Winsome, the pun we all deserve, and Andromeda. She was the smallest and the shyest with a tiny cluster of white spots on her black snout. 
Electric Summons and I, we rode out to the fence. Winsome, Sudden Empire, and Ghost Dog, they followed. I opened the perimeter gate. I dismounted, gave her a swift slap to the side. She looked confused at first, but when I gestured to the open door and yelled, Come on, get! She knew what to do. The others followed. I walked back to the barn to get the rest, and by the time I got back, a few had already wandered around. Andromeda was on her own, nibbling curiously at the ground, fireflies at her hooves. A light was on at the main house, so I was on borrowed time. I wouldn't even bother with the saddle. I went up to the toughest, last Delilah, in the barn. She seemed reluctant. I knew if I got her to come out, the others would follow us. So I gave her a scratch by her ear. Her lips, they quivered a bit, so I knew I was doing something right. I pet her snout. She kept brushing me off, started winning. Not a good thing. And I heard the others move around outside. Something was coming. But the gate was already open, so it didn't even matter when they arrived. She stomped. I tried to calm her down. She was pacing, swishing around. I came up from behind and surprised her. She reared and she came down. I tried to reason with her. This is your chance. If you don't leave now, they're never going to let you go. You're going to die in here, old and unused. Maybe the occasional equestrian jump until the young one goes to college. You'll be named something stupid like Diamond or whatever the hell a Jigglypuff is. Her ears moved forward, and I jumped and took my in. We wrestled for a moment, but when I gave her a slight kick, she was ready to go. Guess she just needed the incentive. Some horses like a little bit of healthy combat to get going. Can't make it too easy for them. We ripped out of that barn as red and blue lights lit up the trees. Someone on a megaphone saying something insignificant like, Dismount, you are under arrest. <laughs> the other horses followed Delilah. We ran for the gate, surrounded by their droning cars. Last Delilah was faster than electric summons, but I could tell she was a little bit older. Worse for the wear. Something in her gallop needed attention. Not sure if it was the, the wrong shoes or, or what, but she stumbled, got spooked, took an abrupt half right in front of the Monty team they sent to shut us down. These horse cops swear they know something, but all they have is a badge, fancy lasso on a stick and a, you know, a taser. Brought me down immediately with the taser. Thought she was going to stomp my brains out. She was so scared. Somehow, she... Brought her hooves down just past my head. Only reason I'm still here today. Ended up with two ribs busted. Hefty charge on my back, but I don't have a record. These people can't blame me for a little drunken mischief, huh? Anyone would have looked inside those stables and seen the real crime right there. And how could you see an impressive animal like that and not give it a name it deserves? In the least, fit a shoe on it proper. I don't know for sure, but I'd say my daddy would have known what I was up to. When all's said and done, he would have said, you got a good heart, but they've got bills to pay. Some other life, I would have been a damn good owner, or trainer at least. Not just some deadbeat living displaced on his dead daddy's land. Underappreciated, flat out misunderstood. Maybe someday I'll just do it. Just Got to get out of this situation and back to where my real talents lie. I'm sure it's all just where I left it. This time when I'm back on the track, I'll know where my odds are even. The sun is sinking in the west. The 
house matt i know keep the uh, aerosols to a minimum we're in your house <laughs> with timothy wharton thomas horse thief <laughs> <laughs> oh man i think he did such a great job he definitely goes by timmy 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 yeah daddy called him timmy for daddy sure called him timmy for sure daddy daddy called him timmy mama didn't make it <laughs> Did anyone think we'd ever record in person again? I don't. I, no. I didn't. I had no. I don't know what I thought anymore. <laughs> it's weird being here, honestly. But I'll tell. I'll tell you, the clocks in my house definitely sound louder. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Which one of you said? Well, I think it might have been Jessica. I, I'm sorry, I can't look at you, Jessica, because I'll bang my head on the mic stand. I think it was Jessica that said every time she'd talked to someone since the since you know like being back in society it was like you're talking to your crush yeah that was me yeah <laughs> yeah i i told someone that the other day because i was doing it like i was grinning and like i don't i'm not really a grinning type of person but i was <laughs> grinning and being super awkward you've a you've a resting resting like kind of a joy scowl, face scowl face yeah oh, oh. scowl scowl face matt but old scowl face when she said that i i actually i thought about it at the time and I didn't quite understand it. And then it like clicked many, many weeks later after hearing you say that. And uh, that's exactly what it is. You're just so happy to see everyone, but you're not <laughs> used to it. And then it's kind of flirty. I don't know. It's just kind of, you know. Uh, awkwardly like, flirty. I can see. Well, the, the other thing is I, I've had this happen a few times. And I think, I think uh, we're allowed at this point to create our own phraseology and words for things that didn't exist before. And there's one very specific thing that I find so weird and interesting. And it's like, it's like mask shock. It's like when you meet some, when, when your whole knowledge of a person has happened with their face behind a mask you don't know what the bottom of their face looks like oh yeah but i think your brain puts a face there so that when they take them when you see them without the mask on for the first time and it's not what you expected it's like this weird like shock it's like surprise oh. mustache <laughs> it's so true Right? It's kind of like if you only ever interact with someone that's wearing dark sunglasses and they take the glasses off and you see their you eyes see and you go, eyes. oh, they look right. like a totally and different person. This, this, yeah. is like, this is like really more than half of someone's face that, that your brain is putting. It like I feel like what our minds do is we see the top of someone's, their eyes, and we're like, oh, that looks like this other person from my life. And it puts their face on the bottom. <laughs> so I see like, a mask on people when they're not wearing it sometimes. Oh, that's just the acid, the, <laughs> like acid flashback you're having. No, and I forget whether I should be wearing a mask or not now that I'm vaccinated. And some people down here are choosing not to, and everyone's kind of, you know, on their own rule creating their own rule book around what that is when you, know? you go to the west coast of florida we we landed over there um we drove over but landed there like the day in florida you always call it landed yeah when you're <laughs> when you're setting up shop somewhere we, for a week or more you're landing 
and hankering down. It had to have been like eight hours after the new CDC guidance came and after Joe mm-hmm. and Kamala like stripped their mask off <laughs> in the Rose Garden together. <laughs> that was a sexy moment. For it America. was a sexy moment. Oh, yeah, it was a striptease. And we ended up in a Walmart over there. on As you, know, you do. In between. It just happens. It's kind of in between Fort Myers and Sarasota. And there was someone in the sporting goods department talking to a clerk asking about the masks, even though he didn't have one. He said, we're, we're allowed to not wear masks, right? I'm allowed to spit in your face now, right? <laughs> <laughs> right down your gullet. And the guy said, yeah. So he was on top of it, like Walmart's right. policy. And the guy says, good, because I'm not getting that fucking vaccine. Did you hear you could go blind? <laughs> oh, come on. Expert. No, I wish the guy had been like, no, sir, that's from masturbating too much. <laughs> <laughs> Lord willing. It's crazy the stuff that like gets decided. Yeah, and the I wife mean, is standing next to him nodding. I mean, I know people, and these are smart people, who are like not going to get the vaccine because they think it's going to alter their DNA. Right, or make them infertile, or like, it's going to give them COVID, right. or I finally convinced... I mean, you know, there's also like the Hillary Clinton tracking device and the 5G the 5G. somehow. 5G is some like physical thing. Like, I don't think they understand that 5G is just like a, is just like a, a, a like a, you know... Wireless... Uh, electric uh, wave. Yeah. Like a radio it's, it's wave. It's a radio wave. It's, yeah. not, it's, a radio it's wave. not something that you can like put in a... In a the, tin can. The G is like, gigahertz. You can't inject <laughs> right. gigahertz. It's, it's not like a thing. It's not like a little microchip. It's, right. It's just. Right. It's just a different frequency. That's like saying I'm. I, I'm not getting the vaccine because I don't want that radio station in my body. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. If anything, you want better service. Yeah. Come on now. Patchy holes. There's everywhere. no way I'm letting them put Bluetooths into yeah. me. I am not letting Ugh. them put 98.9 <laughs> into my bloodstream. I convinced my parents to get vaccinated. Finally, I cried when it happened. Um, because they've been very adverse to it, very scared. My dad did it yesterday, no, two days ago, and my mom's waiting a couple days in case he gets, you know, sick from the second one. But they're doing it. I mean, you know, they're in the target age group and they have all the things, so. I couldn't wait to get it because it felt like, I felt kind of like I did when I was like counting down the days to go to college. Like, (laughs) oh, I'm going to be free. Freedom. (laughs) Free. You know? Yeah, it was emotional. And then, I mean, my my vaccine arm did turn blue, wither, and fall off. But listen, it was worth it. Now you have have great mask anymore. Wireless service wherever you (laughs) go. No no dead spots. (laughs) No, I just use my withered, dried up arm as an antenna. (laughs) You're a hotspot. You're a walking hotspot. Plug my phone right into the stump. (laughs) I'm gonna change. I'm gonna change topics just because there's something about this story that uh, I that made me think of. this other story and i i just am eager to talk about horse people because mm. that's something we haven't really talked about and it is a florida thing yes sir oh yeah even though not so much down in well i guess in like homestead and stuff there are like lots of horse people yeah well but, up here in broward too you got signs everywhere people are riding horses you got yeah. mounty cops or cops on horses you know when i lived in new york i was stuck in traffic like driving to jfk or something and there was, and like, I turned and looked to my left because I saw some weird thing in like the flickering in the rearview mirror. <laughs> and there was a, Uh-oh. there was a guy on a big white horse riding the horse down like the median of the highway. And it was like a black cowboy with a, like a 10 gallon hat, 
on a white horse. And I was like, I am <laughs> tripping on acid. It's in New York? Yes. Whoa. And l- much later, I saw this like article came out in like the New York Times Magazine or something. <laughs> That's what I read on the weekends. Okay, um, Caleb. <laughs> uh, about this like horse culture in New York. It's sort of like in the boroughs. I can't remember if it was Queen. I think it might have been Queens. And there are the, these these black cowboys in the middle of the city who have these stables and like full on horse land. Wow. Oh yeah, they have them out in West Hollywood too. Um, my roommate like works with these guys. They have their own like black owned stables called Dark Horse Stables, and they like take people on like rides in the canyons and stuff. And I mean, there's different subcultures of that, but it's so. I mean, great. It, you know, it makes sense that 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 exists but uh i mean not so much in queens that was what threw me off yeah Yeah. the location's weird but it's interesting like uh the cross cultural and like i don't know like the cowboy identity and like who gets to have that and what that means and like i like that in the story it's there's this class thing too Mm -hmm. like these these wealthy people who have bought these horses as sort of a status symbol kind of thing. And then this like, kind of like, you know, rough and tumble cowboy guy who grew up in the West somewhere. Who somehow still exists who, right, like, on this inherited land. Who's like that mad that- Hasn't that, been developed on yet. Yeah, that they don't, they, they don't know how to like take care of a horse. Yeah. But, like, it really, the entitlement, like he's yeah. so disturbed by how these horses are being treated. It's such an interesting like uh, take on kind of like class and it's interesting. And it just reminded me of seeing that, that like black guy on a, that black cowboy on a horse. Amazing. Like riding through the traffic in, in Queens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, whoa, whoa. Well, yeah, it's like I, an old myth come back to life somehow in an urban landscape. Yeah. I liked the very evocative description of like paramutual guy who is, you know, clutching the form and like that's a very Florida thing too. Yeah. If you go to Highlight, if you go to the the harness track, which I think I read is closing finally. The yeah. aisle, the dog tracks. There's always that that kind of subculture of the people yeah. that don't even go outside to watch the races. They stand by the TVs yep. so that they can get down on all the simulcast stuff. And, well, and that's, a, yeah. that's definitely a class thing too. I mean, I, much. When, um, I remember when they closed all the OTBs in New York, but they used to be like everywhere. Mm. And basically it would just be these, we, we used to make a joke that like, you know, like it's it's everybody's grandfather's. Like, if you want to know where <laughs> where grandpa is, there's <laughs> this OTB. weird like swath just, like, of drinking, guys. like drinking like bad beer and chain smoking and sitting in this little room watching the races. Right. It's just like On, I like, mean, they shut them circuit. down because it's basically like it's a drug den. Mm. It's well, an they opium feel den. Like left behind people. You know, like this is what they have, and they have each other. I, they're all islands unto themselves, like congregating in the same place. Where everybody knows your name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they found their people there, the weirdos. Where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. <laughs> I feel like a secret horse girl. Like, I'm not a horse girl, but I love horses. I love horse racing. I'm good at betting on horses. It's just some, like handicapping is just something I'm good at. Like I thought handicapping was when you, you hit someone in the knees with a pipe when they're about to win... 
We don't use that phrase anymore. It's all about accessibility, okay? It's not appropriate. Or you hire someone to hit someone in, in the knees when they're about to get a better score than you in, in their figure skating. Oh, There's yeah. a few stables in Florida where if you kind of have the urge to be involved in horse racing, you can sign up for like a share of a horse. So it's like right. an ownership group. I want the haunches part. <laughs> it's actually pretty neat because if the horse does well, you can actually make some money back right. or recoup some of what you put in. Right. Even though it's not a windfall, but it allows you to get back, you know, to the paddock area when you go to watch them race. And it's kind of a neat experience. My sister ha like has uh, horses, two horses and a pony. And it's, you know, it's kind of weird because they're like just in the oh, backyard right. of my parents' house. Mm. You know, yeah. just like a little tiny mini barn and like a paddock like on the one acre of land <laughs> i don't really get horses they freak me out they stare at you like like they stare at you like they're kind of like i'm only gonna let this happen because you have a larger brain than i do <laughs> or they have a but larger they know brain. what's going on it's like when a dolphin looks at you like like they know but but like if you had a dolphin in in a in a in a pool in your backyard it would give you the same look mm -hmm. like mm, if i was just if i only had thumbs i would i would i would have your bank account and i would be running this town yes although dolphins have the emotional maturity of like a 12 year old that wants to hump everything or horses oh. i feel like are very old souls like a dolphin will just smile through the tears in your swimming pool and Isn't like old <laughs> soul just what you call someone that's too drunk for their own good <laughs> that guy at the bar he's Caleb we're not talking about soul. you right now <laughs> it's everyone at the deuce is an old soul yeah, exactly well yeah, yeah they're all, they're we're all, at the racetrack they're like already ghosts of themselves <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean I you know I it's just like what it's one of those weird things like like an animal that definitely is powerful enough just to crush you on a whim because yeah. it didn't like the feeling of the fly tickling its tail it's like <laughs> time to crush your skull owner man <laughs> but like they're like they're big and they're powerful and they look at you like no and they have memory serious memory they'll remember a face for decades and they mourn their dead by standing for three days over the body like in a circle like they mourn uh, if like you let them uh, yeah exactly <laughs> i mean yeah i it, it's just something weird i i always feel weird about that relationship and i know that like it's whatever like the cowboy thing and someone playing a you know a spanish a guitar spanish guitar bandoleros and, yeah and the <laughs> sun going down on the plains and the whistle of the wind through the bramble bush but like there's something <laughs> weird about a big powerful animal that you're putting a saddle on yeah. yeah and like and they've been bred for so long for humans to ride them that they have like the sway backs right and like horses you know whatever animal came before like the the horse their package cowboy aren't ho they? horse didn't yeah. have a sway back well no. and like the mules like right. the mules yeah. they get packed down with as much stuff right. as you can like get on them without it falling over right and going how up mountains they, dude yeah like, serious incline yeah how come there's no wind whistling <laughs> through the brambles for them <laughs> but th there's a they're a different uh, class that's why what movie is the is it one of the spaghetti westerns where clint eastwood's 
character rides a mule. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. Th- what like, is that one? I reckon you owe my mule an apology. See, I'm not an expert on the spaghetti westerns or Clint Eastwood. I put that in there because I found this article about how Osama bin Laden's son is a painter and he's obsessed with the movie Unforgiven. And that kind of made it into... He so he weird. paints portraits of the American West and they're kind of like... Wait, which which son? Is it Osama bin Laden jun- Jr. or Eric? <laughs> it's Eric he's like one of 24 or something. Uh and he and his mother like kind of defected from the whole Al Qaeda thing. Not Vice Vice Magazine wrote an article about it. Some of them are really good. Um, he does portraits of like the desert um, out in the Middle East, and then like the American plains, and like. Do you think he would? He would. I could hire him to do like a mural on the side of my van. Oh, it would be great. <laughs> He's also really into barbecue. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it's so exotic. <laughs> well, it can be. Yeah. Depends what you're putting on that spit. Eric. <laughs> Eric. See you, Eric. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, so we have pretty cool music for this, too. Dracula. Yeah, they're a local Miami band. Yeah. But it's a duet. And we wanted, like, we wanted sort of that, like, you know, that, like, American West, like, you know, me- Mexican sort of, like, Plains music where like you know cowboy ba- drifter music or bandolero like, like yeah you know they're from here yeah. yeah um i went to school with eli he went to new world um eli and doris they're a twosome so they sing in harmony and he plays guitar and it's they'll do covers of like selena or like medieval like chamber music or like some like a pete seeker song and oh sweet but it's um, very like kind of spanish guitar and that kind of I don't know how else to, like that romantic, like picking and strumming kind yeah, of like uh, sort of it's sounds Spanish like guitars. It's cowboy music. Yeah. Do, do they make a living doing this? Um, I think Sweat Records just put out their like next or their first record. They have awesome. like two albums. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're in it for the money, but the first time I saw them play. They played at Borscht Dies in a funeral home. They played like in a parlor room of a funeral home, just the two of them by like candlelight. Which is like kind of perfect for that. They were like a with like a, a crucifix behind them. Yeah, like, like velour curtains. I mean, it's like yeah. I, I feel in like, Hylia, like right in the middle. I feel of Hylia. like where they should pl- always play is in like an abandoned, you know, uh, uh, Spanish monastery in like the California. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> where the Valley. acoustics are really yeah, great. Yeah, where like <laughs> where the wind is whistling. <laughs> yeah, it's really like simple, solemn. But we really music. wanted we really wanted that like cowboy anthem kind of, not like the Johnny Cash thing. No, no, more like that that sort of romantic. Well, if they weren't in it for the money before. They will be now. Oh well, yeah, no, because <laughs> they're about to blow up. Because this is all, yeah, this is all Seriously. about shaking, shaking money out of Florida man's pockets. <laughs> well, at least we know we won't get sued for this one. Oh, right. <laughs> no, I could just call Eli and be like, "Oh, hey, we just wanted to promote your music." Hey, better to ask <laughs> forgiveness than permission. That's yep. right. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's our motto here. We wanted to use their music a while back, but Caleb was like, no, let's find the right one, the right one. And this is the one. This was the right story. For yeah. sure. Can't wait. And then we're moving on to the Swamp Lady. Oh, yeah. Caleb's story is next. Swamp Lady. So we go Is from- that written? Um, it's almost, it's yeah, almost, Caleb. It's almost. It's done. mostly done. He writes them in a notebook. It's gotta be and perfect, edits them okay? that way. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's an Everglades lady, so like the whole that whole thing, and it's sort of we can talk more about this, but like I'm still doing the voice. We can talk more about. You really are Sam more. Elliott. What's going on? Um, <laughs> but uh, I you know I've been out to like loop road in the Everglades and there's like all this weird I mean there's there's a reservation there um but then there's also like some of like grandfathered in like little communities of like these swamp mm. houses um and I went out there once with my friend who knows this guy Lucky Cole who like lives out in the swamp and he's like an erotic photographer. He gets <laughs> women to come out there and he like takes pictures of them in like leather biki- bikinis standing out in the mangroves. Oh, wow. <laughs> like he's got like a ivory handled pistol uh-huh. and a, like a beer, <laughs> big beard, a cane that has like a snake head with emerald eyes on the end of it. And <laughs> there's like a, there's, you know, he has these like little barbecue picnics on his property and you go out there and there's like a there's like a bluegrass band playing and a barbecue pit and a fire like they're burning tires and like, <laughs> oh my god does he oh, have an airboat yeah. no well he's right on the swamp but it's like dense swamp where he is okay so there's like no access to like the canal gotcha kind of. he the seems more of, like the river of grass <laughs> you're doing the wlrn voice the river of grass <laughs> <laughs> a spectacular event. A spectacular event on the uh, on, on the, the rivers of the Everglades. A river of grass takes you into the past and hopefully into a future that we can all oh enjoy God. for generations to come. For generations, <laughs> call us today to make a reservation. Tickets are forty nine ninety five. I'm gonna pass on that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that it's like these are pretty like iconic. Florida characters, I feel like the cowboy, yeah, like the the impoverished, displaced cowboy. Yes, we have the female version of it now, and then the Everglades <laughs> biker. lady, biker lady. Yeah, she's like a biker lady living on her like family's land out in the swamp. Wait, this is also combined with the alligator, the excaligator yes. story, which which really happened in Texas, but I stole it because it's uh-huh. you know. Um, Texas, like the Panhandle, kiss almost kisses Texas. It's it close. does. It yeah. can. It can definitely. The Panhandle can definitely spit in Texas's mouth. <laughs> Especially <laughs> That's what now. The CDC. Especially says. now that yeah. no one. But come on, Texas never closed. <laughs> <laughs> and neither did the Panhandle. Yeah, yeah neither did I guess the Panhandle. So, yeah. That party was going on twenty four seven. I mean, like they they were just. <laughs> That's probably where COVID started, just no one noticed. Yeah, they blamed China, but it was definitely in Pensacola. <laughs> they were just lobbing it back and forth through saliva from yeah, the tangible just, yeah, like, yeah. One bonfire at a time. <laughs> one tire fire at a time. <laughs> Tune in next time. All right. <laughs> <laughs>